Kanban on the air. Thanks for tuning in to Instagram Growth Podcast. We love having you here and it's our mission to bring you all of the latest and greatest tips, skills and know-how to make you the best Instagram marketer that you can be. We know that you have it in you and we are going to show you how. Now, let's get started. Hey guys, welcome to the new episode of Combin Podcast. Here is your host, Anne, and I'm super excited to be here again after a long break. I'm feeling fully charged and ready to share best insights from our guests to help you grow and expand your business. My guest for today is Ken Cook, co-owner of the marketing strategy firm, The Prepared Group, where Ken serves as a creative partner and specializes in working with the marketing agencies and teaches them how to support clients with a strategy first approach thanks for coming ken nice to see you nice to see you as well okay how are you today i'm doing fantastic thank you oh that's great so could you please tell me more uh about your area of expertise and what you actually do in life yeah so um what we specialize in here is is really the creation of strategy and so a lot of um businesses, large and small, uh, they get caught into these ideas where they spend money, especially on marketing, uh, sometimes with very little or no process, very little or no measurement, very little or no uh, accountability or clear outcomes. And so what we do is we really help organizations develop a plan, a system, if you will, to create processes so that they can grow their marketing in a way that they've never seen before. Oh, very interesting. And how long are you in that business? Uh, we turned 10 years old this October. Oh, anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. And what was the, uh, so actually, is it the first business that you started? Uh, yes and no. So the first, when we, when this business first started, we were a traditional marketing agency, more or less, is it was just me. And I worked with about five clients. And I worked kind of like an outsourced director of marketing. Okay. And that was several years. And then we transitioned to more of an agency model. And we grew quite substantially to the point where we had 10 employees, um, two offices, etc. Um, and then from there, we, uh, we actually shrank and, and moved to pure consultancy. And now we've transitioned from consulting to just licensing. Uh, so we don't even really do a whole lot of consulting anymore uh, outside of product development. Uh, basically, everything that we do is all around uh, licensing and enabling other marketing agencies. Uh, however, I, I own a number of other businesses as well. Okay. And uh, if we get back to those times when you just were getting started, so what was the most challenging thing for you uh, as for a business owner? You know, I think the most challenging thing was my own ignorance. I, uh, I went to school to, and majored in philosophy. I'd never taken a business class or a marketing class. And I kind of fell into business ownership, if you will. Um, and so there were a lot of skills and a lot of knowledge that I just didn't have, especially in those early years. And where did you get this knowledge? From practice? Um, practice a little bit. Uh, I, I, for the last more than five years, I have focused on reading more than a hundred business books per year. And so every month I pick a subject 
and I focus in on learning more about that particular subject. Mm-hmm. So, so you think that um, books are uh, so that books is the best source for uh, source for learning some new information. And what about some video? Maybe some courses, conferences, some international events with uh, some popular speakers. You know, um, there are all kinds of ways that you can learn. However, when you look at courses or speaking events or conferences, uh, podcasts, etc., none of those have gone through an editing process. None of those have been refined and refined and refined. They're kind of in the moment and you take away what you take away. Whereas when I grab a book, um, I can go back to it over and over and over again, but it's also been very condensed. And so what I find is, like, let's just take podcasts, for example. The average podcast is a certain percentage of uh, repeated information that maybe you've heard before. Um, it is uh, recycled information, maybe from other sources. And then there's a, a certain amount of new information. Books, however, the, what, what the editing process does is it really drives people, authors, um, to compact their ideas so that there's a larger volume of typically unique information. Yeah. Right? And so what I've found for me is I can, can read a book or listen to a podcast. And if I spend the same amount of time doing each... I feel like for me, I tend to get more out of that, uh, out of the reading side. Um, and, and it's also a bit easier as a personal discipline for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think people learn in all kinds of ways. And there are certainly people who, who really learn well from the podcast thing. That's just not my style of learning. Yeah, true. Actually, I also love getting all the new information from articles, books, so actually it's reading. Video is also great, but for some reason, I do not trust, so to speak, video creators on YouTube or on various social media platforms because nowadays there are a lot of gurus and professionals who, in fact, are just the, the same people as you are and then they can say everything that they want and you cannot even know if it's true or not right and th that's that's what i'm talking about with that publishing process right like the publishing process um is a forced review of content in many yeah. ways yeah yeah okay so getting back to the beginning of your career you were young and unprofessional so i'm sure you've made some mistakes so uh what were they And uh, how would you avoid making these mistakes if you were starting out right now, for example? Sure. Uh, I made a lot of mistakes. Um, at one point in time, we lost uh, more than $30,000 in recurring revenue in a six-week Wow. Um, that was pretty tough. So if you figure annually, that was over... $300,000, $350,000, let's say, in, in six easy weeks. Huh. Uh, you know, you know, I think the, the big thing is this, is 
a business is not simply great people. A business is great systems. And I didn't understand that. And, and the lack of systems in every case has hurt every business that I've owned. And so I now am obsessed with how do we install predictable, measurable systems in every business that I own. And it's what we teach people to install in the businesses that they, they own or work with. And what do you mean by the word system? So how do you understand it? What meaning do you put into that? Uh, what, what I mean by that is there is there is documentation, there is process, and there are checks and balances. So for example, um, if we were to take, uh, I don't know, your cell phone, right? If, if I just handed you all of the parts and I said, well, put this together, how many ways could you put that together? Theoretically, thousands, right? Yeah, lots of them. How many ways make a good working cell phone? Probably only one, right? Yeah. And so, so what I'm talking about is how do you show your people, your team, this is the way. These are the steps. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about business process. Yeah, now it's clear. Thank you. And if we speak about some uh, maybe universal tips. I know there are a lot of, again, articles and a lot of information. So five tips to grow your small business, et cetera, et cetera. And um, most often they're almost the same. But do you believe that these common tips work for every niche and for every kind of business? And oh, maybe do you have some really working tips that can be great for everybody? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think that there are some that are good and there are some that are not so good. Um, I'll, I'll give you kind of my five. And these are these are tried, tested across multiple businesses. Okay. One, document everything. Document everything. I want you to imagine in your business that you have to close your laptop and walk away for 30 days. Is it clear what needs to be picked up because you walked away? For that business to continue to grow no right if it's not right you don't what you have is you have a job where you know what you need to do you do not have a business or an organization okay, tip okay. Yeah. piece two tip two marketing is not about the latest and greatest fad marketing is all about obsessively measuring a couple, but really one metric. And that metric is acquisition cost. If you do, if you change nothing in your marketing, but you become obsessed with knowing to the penny, what does it cost for me to acquire a customer? You will radically change your business. Yeah. And how often do you think people should like uh, change their marketing strategy once a year, once half a year? They should change their marketing strategy uh, as dictated by their numbers, costs, and balance sheet. In other words, if something's working, don't change it. And if something's not working, change it. Yeah, that's why it's important to keep uh, actually track uh, of uh, numbers and some stats that you may have because numbers can really help you 
grow your business, change something that doesn't work and boost your chances to widen your business and to grow it. Exactly. If you don't know your numbers, you've got a hobby, not a business. Huh. Nice. I need to remember that. Right. Three. Buying cash flow is not like buying toilet paper. It gets more expensive the more you purchase. The bigger your business gets, the more value it has. Yeah. The bigger your business gets, the more value it has. That's that's critical to understand and to live. Okay. Okay. Uh, piece piece four. If I were to give you five tips, number four is your team needs to have the right people doing the right things. And over time, that is what creates your culture. If you let small things slip as part of necessity now, you will have a problematic culture tomorrow. So if you don't want your employees to show up late, you have to be really firm on when they need to be there. Right? And you need to model it for them. Just as an easy example. Yeah. Do you have a big team, by the way? Uh, I don't right now, but I have in the past. Oh, is it easy for you to manage such a big teams, for example? You know, if you if you were to look at the Old Testament, uh, Moses has brought the people out of the land of Egypt, and his brother or his father-in-law Jethro comes to him and says, "You can't." govern all these people by yourself. And so he sets up this model, right? Is people in charge of tens, hundreds, thousands, etc. Yeah. And this is going back thousands of years. Nobody, I believe, can manage effectively many more than 10 to 12 people. I think it's really challenging. You have to have a really high level of skill. And so how do you build a structured organization where you have layers of people who are responsible for people around them? Yes, yes. This is the point why I like startups and small companies. Right. But even in a large company, you should have teams, right, who are responsible for smaller numbers and smaller numbers, right? Uh, the manager of a team may, may be responsible for a team of 50 or 100, but he may only have five or 10 direct reports to him who then have people that they're responsible for, who then have people they're responsible for. Right? Yeah. And, and so I think that there, the way that you structure your leadership really matters. And so kind of, kind of my final tip, if you will, is this own everything. We live in a, in a culture, in a society, uh, in a world where people despise taking personal responsibility. Unfortunately, Nobody, yeah. Right? Nobody wants to take personal responsibility. The more personal responsibility you take for your own and others' actions, the better off you'll be. Yeah, the, father, the more confident you are. Oh, I'm sorry? Yeah, like the more confident you are because you know that you rule this situation, that you are responsible for everything that is happening. Right, 
my, my father said it to me this way when I was a child, and, and this is what I teach my children. Real men solve other people's problems. How many people in our cultures today, in our culture today, say something to the effect of, well, I didn't make that mess. It's not my problem. Someone else can clean it up. Yeah. Right? I believe that that, that attitude on a team, that attitude in a business, will strangle your business. Totally agree. And, and that, you know, those are kind of the tips that I have. Um, you know, I, I, I think that, that if you, you've got to pay attention, you've got to be alert, you've got to be focused, you know, and it's those things that ultimately lead to winning. And what is like uh, uh, the most underestimated tip that you can share with the audience? Read more. If you were to go to any billionaire in this, in, in, in the world, you go, you go find me a billionaire. I will show you a person committed to reading, reading. Warren Buffett, the great investor says that three hours of his day are un, uh, that are unalterable are his three hours devoted to reading. Mark Cuban has said the same thing as have many, many, many other very successful people. The average entry-level employee reads zero business books per year. The average CEO reads 65. That's not a coincidence. Yeah. Actually, I try to read like about 30 books per month, but they're not like this about some uh some great information about marketing in my field in my niche sometimes it's just classic lit literature but still i even can't read like 100 pages sometimes in five days just because i don't have time but i set up my goal like 30 books for at least three months and i hope to reach that goal in that year you know i, I think the thing there is is if you if you control your time you can make it work. I, I schedule time to read every day. And how much time you spend? I try to I try to spend an hour of my workday reading every single day. Yeah, that's great. So, and do you keep it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Absolutely. And what do you think is the biggest change in marketing world that we're all going to see in the next couple of years? The commoditization of tactical services. Okay. Anybody from anywhere in the world can run a Facebook ad. You being, quote, good at it is not a competitive difference. Being tactically talented is no longer sufficient to win in the marketplace. That is the direction we're going. And like, should it scare people? It should scare people who only have uh, a limited number of tactical skills. <laughs> All you can do is run a great Facebook ad campaign. You should be very worried because the amount of money you charge versus a guy who can do 90% of what you can do 
down in India who will charge a tenth of, of what you charge is not going to bode well for you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So can you please tell me how can my audience learn more about you, your services, and what you offer? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, the best way to get a hold of me is to go to thepreparedgroup.com. Uh, we have information about our services, etc. there, uh, as well as uh, a way to reach out and get in contact with us. Okay, thank you. I will put all of the links needed into the episode description box. And I have the last question for you today. What message would you like to leave my listeners with? Maybe you have some kind of motto. Yeah. Uh, my, what, what I tell all of, all of the people in every business that I work in is find what you need to systematize next. Yeah, nice. Thank you so much for such a great interview. It was a pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you so much. You have a great day. This is a podcast sponsored by Combin.com. Grow and manage your Instagram safely and organically with Combin Growth and Combin Scheduler. Instagram promotion is easy. Combin.com.